0: Welcome to Talking Giants Player Profiles and Projections. I'm your host Bobby Skinner here with my co-host Justin Panic, And we're in the final week of the Player Profiles and Projections. Today we're going to hit Matt Breida and Xavier McKinney. We're hitting like the three front-facing players of the New York Giants. Xavier McKinney, Saquon Barkley tomorrow, and then Daniel Jones on the final day. Justin, I usually don't give you a, a, a how you doing, how you feeling, besides the first PPP, but how you feeling hitting this last week of Player Profiles and Projections.
1: Yeah, it's exciting. Bobby Skinner got some important conversations to have about basically the future of our franchise. Xavier McKinney is part of that, and it's definitely going to be a lot more positive and a lot more, you know, we're going to be a lot more in sync about that versus uh, Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley may have some different opinions. So I am excited for this week. It means that we are one week closer to Giants football.
0: Very excited, and PPP, this is the sixth week, so the last week of, uh, of an episode every weekday, so really savor it in, Giants fans. But let's start with Matt Breida, who's been a forgotten player, Justin, at five 5'10", 195 pounds. He's only 27 years old. One of the fastest fastest backs in the NFL and was supposed to be the guy for the 49ers. And he had some really good numbers for them. Injuries derailed that. And then he was traded to the Dolphins. uh, Didn't, you know, wasn't the RB1 there. Spent last year's the Bills RB3. And now he comes in to be the Giants uh, backup running back to Saquon Barkley. He brings value in the receiving screen game. And he's always a threat with his speed. I know we haven't gotten much of in the preseason, but he is a fun player, and I want to go back and remember how we felt the signing. I was like, this is a really good signing. Like This was one of the best value signings uh, for vet minimum guys they signed.
1: If this PPP is going to serve one purpose, do not forget about Matt Breida. If he's healthy, which, hey – Um, 75% of the giants roster, if they're healthy, um, we should
0: change the names of these episodes to the, if they're healthy, not the PPPs.
1: If they're healthy, this guy can be good. And that Matt Breida certainly, um, wears that as well. I mean, him being RB2 certainly does help the fact that, you know, he's not the, you know, we're, we're not talking about Matt Breida as a starter. Um, but even going back to 2019, like the summer of 2019, Matt Breda was like a guy that I wanted to target in every single fantasy football draft because he looked at his 2018 and how well it worked with San Fran that year. That was a guy that you just wanted to have. It was during 2019 that he topped out at 22.3 miles per hour on a huge touchdown run against the Browns.
0: Still um, the fastest Speed in the NFL ever recorded is Matt Breida.
1: Oh, really? According to the next gen. That's that's crazy. 22.3. That is absolutely crazy. So, yeah, this PPP I wanted to serve. Don't forget about Matt Breida because he is a fast. He, he's not just fast. Like, he doesn't just run fast in a straight line. Um, he does some other really cool and fun things. And really, even despite the injuries, Bobby, Matt Breida has been a player where I think anytime he's gotten some opportunities, he's been somewhat efficient. I mean, especially with San Fran. I don't know, besides injuries, why Matt Breida has never been given more opportunities to prove himself in the NFL. It's one of those cases where it's just kind of head scratching as to why he hasn't gotten more run.
0: Yeah, that's definitely part of the conversation with Matt Breida. It's like, what do coaching staff see that doesn't make, you know, maybe match the numbers that he puts up? But let's, I just want to go through his numbers over the last five years. So I'll just go total yards, uh, rushing yards, 125. 254, 623, 814 and then 465 in a rookie. Go- yards per carry though. This is where you see like what Matt Breida can do. 4.8, 4.3, 5.1, 5.3, 4.4. Like those are really good yards per carries. His worst of his career was 4.3 in 2020 with the Dolphins who had the fourth worst rushing offense uh in the NFL on a yards per carry basis at 3.9. Uh, like that is and that is better than what we've seen the last two years uh, with, you know, an injured Saquon and Devonte Booker and then Wayne Gallman and Alfred Morris. Like at, at the, like his worst season in that, um, you know, had that 800 yard season. So he's always, whenever given the opportunity, Matt Breida has done, produced and done what he's asked. Uh, he's, you know, uh, uh, produced big plays, which I know you have stats on. Yep. Um, and he's also done some other stuff. Uh, you know, in the receiving game, like the Bills, when they use him, they use him in the screen game. He had two receiving touchdowns for the Bills last year. Um, you know, only, only on seven catches. They didn't use him much after behind those backup two, those other two running backs. And that's again part of the convo with Matt Breida. But he's an explosive guy who's not just uh, boomer bust when he gets the ball in his hands. Do you know when Matt
1: Breida's best fantasy day of his career came? Do you know when?
0: I'm gonna say versus the Saints last year. Uh, on Thursday Night Football with the Bills. With the Bills, not with the 49ers? I was, I, it sounded like a trick question, and I remember he had uh, a screen touchdown, and a long-running t- touchdown in that game.
1: No, he had 28 points in 2018 against the Giants. Do you remember that Monday Night Football game? Oh,
0: gosh, yes, I do remember that Monday Night Football game. We won, baby. That's the last primetime game we've we won as Giants. Yeah, that how was that was
1: Eli Manning's last uh, game-winning drive and fourth-quarter comeback. He had a uh, map read of that game, had over 100 yards on the ground, and both a receiving and rushing touchdown. You mentioned how... Matt Greta can be a a source of explosive plays. Um, 2018, he had a 17% explosive run rate, and we're counting explosive rushing plays here, of rushing plays of 10 or more yards. 14% explosive run rate 2019, that dipped down to 8% in 2020 with the bad offensive line with the Miami Dolphins. But, Bobby... When Matt Breida, I think when he's going to be getting some rushing attempts this year, it's going to be like outside zone scheme running outside the tackles like he did with the 49ers. I'm certainly hoping that those explosive run rate numbers, Matt Breida's is not going to be getting a ton of opportunities. So when he does touch the ball, I'm hoping they go for 10 or more yards.
0: And, and I think you're on to something where, you know, he's going to get a lot of those outside zone carries and he'll be using the receiving game too. But like his vision is good, but it's his best when he's running uh, outside zone. Like there's plays, go watch the film Breakdown. It was one of the more fun ones to do just because a fast running back is fun to break down. Um, but he would it's like hey he's running outside zone a linebacker's reading it he would give that little stutter to keep that linebacker honest uh you know in between the tackles and then boom that's when the burst shows up because again he's not just straight line fast when he gets momentum like he's got quick quick burst you know and that gets him into the second level through small holes when he is running and through the inside. It's like i can't believe he he made it through that gap because he's just got that burst so he's a good fit for the outside zone and those outside runs and that's where his vision shows up the best is on those and it's going to lead to big plays I think because he didn't play in the first two preseason games, Uh, you know, the last preseason game, he had three carries for one yards. He's been forgotten. But it's like, no, this guy has put up production in the NFL. uh, And this is a good running back two spot that we have.
1: Yeah. And you could be saying, well, 2018, 2019 with the San Francisco 49ers, they have a really good rushing offense. They have Shanahan as the offensive mind over there. So any running back can do well over there and that has <laughs> kind of has been shown that any running back can do well over there except Trey but here's- Sermon but here, except Trey Sermon, here's the here's the stats that I like to look at in terms of how to separate offensive line performance to running back performance, and that's rushing yards over-expected. 2018, Matt Breida was 14th in the league in rushing yards over-expected uh, across all running backs who qualified for that. And then 2019, he was 22nd, both years with a positive rushing yards over-expected. So that's a metric that I like to look at. Matt Burita and his own individual effort on his own individual play, he is adding to an offense and adding to a rushing offense.
0: In the receiving game, uh, I don't think he's going to be used a ton because Saquon Barkley is going to be used a ton, but I do think you can use him well in the screen game. Again, he had a touched, uh, a couple of touchdowns for the Bills and some big plays created in the receiving game for the Bills. And that was last year as their RB3. Um uh, want to talk about some negatives. Uh what you would expect for a guy that we just uh, described, he's not going to run super hard into the hole in between the, in between the a gap and B gap. He's just not that type of guy. Um, and he does, he's not, he's not someone who has like this huge dancing problem, but there is times where he does dance and he'll try and bounce something instead of just hitting, hitting the hole. Um, so that and like you brought up, no coaching staff has really felt giving him, making him just the RB running back one and being like this is with everyone that we have. This is our running back one. Whether it's the Dolphins, even the Bills last year couldn't didn't even make him running back two, uh, and the you know the 49ers, you know Kyle Shanahan traded him.
1: If it's one coaching staff, then sometimes that coaching staff, you know, you, you give a little doubt. But it's been three coaching staffs now, um, so that's certainly noteworthy. I will say, just maybe put a to put a bow in it. There should be a lot of snaps. If we're worried about our wide receiver depth and maybe, you know, the Giants feel a certain way about Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Tony's hurt, blah, blah, blah. Saquon Barkley and Matt Breida should be on the field at the same time. There should be formations where one of them is flanked out, both of them are in the backfield. Um, and I think we've seen a little bit of that during Giant training camp where, you know, they are very willing to put two running backs on the field at the same time and use both of those running backs in the receiving game. So Matt Breida should be part of those packages with Saquon.
0: And that stresses that out of linebackers. When you have Matt, Breda and saquon barkley in the backfield you know it's not something you want to make a habit out of with those two guys because Breda can't really block either um but that's that's something that puts a lot of stress on linebackers and defensive coordinators so do you got anything else on matt brita before we get to xavier mckinney
1: no nothing but we got to talk about bear burger you know what bear burger has they have something for everyone yes even you who you're listening to this. Matt Breed has bounced around with a lot of teams, but you won't be bouncing around a lot of burger joints with Bear Burger because once you're in, you ain't leaving until you are satisfied. They're a burger joint, but they're not the type to be bogged down by the labels. Their menu is filled with options for everyone, regardless of dietary preferences. At Bear Burger, there's only one dietary restriction you'll be limited to, and that is food that is made to taste great. It's been a hot minute. I got to admit, it's been a hot second since I've had a little Bear Burger up in the East Coast, the tri-state area. You know, Connecticut, New Jersey, New York, there's a lot of locations in the tri-state area. I got to try an ostrich burger. Like, what am I doing? I had the elk burger. I loved it. The bison burger, a little sweet, a little tangy. I loved it. I got to try the ostrich burger. I mean, what a You got to do it before for?
0: PPP season ends. I, mean, I know. I have to sponsored. give an opinion. So, this, the Daniel Jones episode, Justin will have tried ostrich burger. Mm, true.
1: Yes, this is very, very true. So, uh, I would be wise... tomorrow,
0: because we're recording that tomorrow, I think.
1: I would be wise... um, We may not be recording that tomorrow. I, I would be wise if I went to New York City between the hours of 12 p.m. to 7 p.m. Monday to Friday, because they have the best happy hour in New York City. I want you to click the link in our description to find yourself at your favorite new happy hour spot, burger joint and luncheon, Bear Burger Kitchen and Bar. Last week, we were sponsoring PPPs, but I have a feeling... I have a feeling this week won't be the last week that you ever hear Bear Burger. I think they may be continuing with us, with this, which is wonderful.
0: Thank you, Bear Burger. All right, now let's talk about the star of the New York Giants defense, and that is one, Xavier McKinney at six two hundred one pounds. He was a second rounder in 2020 out of Alabama. Broke his foot in training camp in 2020, then played six games all over the field, including full games at nickel cornerback. Uh, In games where he didn't play much and closed the season out with an interception to uh, end the game versus the Dallas Cowboys. Then in 2021, 93 tackles, five interceptions, 10 passes deflected. Um, We'll talk about how those stats are really good. He balled out and he's going to take on a new role in 2022,
1: Justin. Yeah, Xavier McKinney had a really, really good season. Believe he's the only player in the NFL with 90 plus tackles. Five interceptions and ten passes deflected, so that's a pretty. You're you're in your own company. It's not even in good company to be in because you're in your own company. Taking your stats, Bobby, but he was tied for fourth in the league among safeties in pass deflections. I find that to be significant because. Xavier McKinney would consider him a free safety. So the fact that I think, at least my brain, strong safeties, maybe they're being targeted a little bit more because they're covering tight ends. Maybe they're playing a little bit more man-to-coverage. So the fact that Xavier McKinney has those 10 pass deflections on his resume and is tied for fourth among all safeties in the NFL with 10 PDs in 2021 was really, really impressive. He had two games with two interceptions, the Rams and the Raiders, and then yeah, plus the Eagles interception in in the third quarter. He also had four games with two pass deflections. So, if the trend is going to continue this year, Bobby, if if, if Xavier McKinney is going to make some sort of impact play, they're going to come in bunches.
0: Yeah, and, and he had five interceptions, which was you know the fourth most in the NFL, tied and then the most for tied for the most for any uh, safety. So, and here's the crazy thing about Xavier McKinney's 2021 season: he struggled in the start of the season. Yeah, like because he wasn't on the TV screen because he played that deep safety role people didn't really notice. And but when you go watch all 22 on Tuesday, you're like he's not playing good right now. And he's making mistakes. You know, uh the KJ Hamlin Hamler catch week 1. That was uh that was Xavier McKinney you know, uh, that, that long pass versus the Saints, I think I even got called back. Uh, I can't remember. Marquez Callaway, I, I think it was. That was on Xavier McKinney. Like, he was not playing that role well. He was not commuting. I, I don't know if it was bad communication or what, but he was just not playing well in that too high safety look. He was making wrong decisions and being too aggressive and getting burnt for it and you know wasn't making just wasn't making impacts on games you know people weren't talking about it but he it was and then it just it really clicked through him about you know i think versus the rams is when it started to click for xavier mckinney i know he had an interception in that game he had two two yeah two interceptions in that game so uh and he just he became like a high iq player like he made plays uh, from center field when he when the Giants ran man coverage and he was the the high safety. He played a lot from two high safety and he learned to become patient and had great break on the ball and was making the right decisions. Uh, you know, think of that Hunter Renfro pick six. That was a high IQ play. That was good stuff drawn up by Patrick Graham and he executed it perfectly and returned it for six. And essentially, we win that game because of that play. Uh, So he's going to have a different role, though, this year. Like He's still going to play a lot of deep safety. I think he's going to play a lot more, you know, we're going to run some cover one or cover zero stuff, and he's going to be the safety. So I think this year, I don't know how the stats are going to be, but he's still going to be a really good player, even though the stats may not be the same as last year.
1: Yeah, before we talk about like fully his role this year, I have a question about last year. Now, I don't know if it's just because you know the Giants lost and there's a new coaching staff and you want to rub up to the new coaching staff, but McKinney seemed to hint earlier this summer that he had some ill will towards the previous coaching staff, whether it's Graham, whether it's Judge. Why do you think that could be if it is related to his role and his playing time on the defense? Why do you think that could be?
0: I have no clue. I read that article. I think it was a Steve Serby. And he mentioned like something like they weren't playing me much, like my first few games. And I was like, "Well, he played hundred percent of the snaps this season." Was he talking about twenty twenty when he came off the broken
1: foot? The games where Xavier McKinney was active this year, he played ninety seven percent of the snaps in which he was eligible for, and then fifty one percent his rookie year. But again, he was coming off that foot injury.
0: That article talking about the, it bothered me. Because you know what? Patrick Crim was a good coach and put him in great situations. Jerome Henderson is still here as the DB coach. You know, so I, I guess, you know, if you had some issues with Joe Judge, I get it. Be a little weird coming from a guy who came from Nick Saban. So he's, you know, used to it. And I think it could have been like trying to just, you know, hey, everything new is better. Um, but it's, uh, I don't know. I, I But that did rub me the wrong way when I read that yeah. interview. And
1: McKinney's wearing the green dot now, right?
0: yeah run, he's wearing the green dot and he and listen he showed high iq plays like i mentioned that hunter renfro play when he played in man coverage like there was times even when he did struggle there was like a you know jerry judy ran a corner route beat darnay holmes week one xavier mckinney get, uh, got over and battered the ball out of the air so he's gonna run the green dot um when they run three safety sets, I think if Dane Belton's in, they're going to bring him down and play some nickel, which I think will be good for him and might be where some of his stats can even come from. And he has experience playing there. He has Yeah, one of his interceptions,
1: one of his interceptions last year against the Raiders was—I mean, he, he had the—you talked about the run how he comes across the field, right? But then I think one of them was in the slot where he was playing just man on man against somebody, and then boom, interception.
0: So, but his role is going to be different this year. Um, I think his role. And I, this is why I don't think he's going to have five interceptions this year. Doesn't mean he's a lesser player than last year. I just don't think he's going to have five interceptions. I think there's going to be a lot of times where he's going to help bracket and double Aaron Robinson's wide receiver. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. I really, I really do. So I don't, I don't know how much he's going to get a chance to man up on a tight end. Um, even though you trust him more than Julian Love or Dane Belton to man up on a tight end. So, but I, I do think there's going to be different situations for him. But I think when he's put in man, I think he'll be avoided for the most part. And then when he's playing that deep safety, I think there's going to be uh, a lot of bracketing on Aaron Robinson's side of the ball. Yep. But at the same time, they're also going to throw fire zones, different types of zone coverages, and, and different blitz looks. So there's going to be opportunities there too. So I, I don't I don't know exactly what the stat sheet's going to look like for Xavier McKinney. Uh, Wink Martindale uh, safeties have never really put up great like interception totals, and he's had no. These. The most
1: is four yeah. that they've ever put up.
0: So again, I'm not I'm not being like he's got to get. If he had five last year. He's got to get five this year. Like no, I don't. I don't need him to have the most interceptions in the NFL for a safety every single year. Um, but it's going to be a different role, and there's a, and there's a lot of responsibility, and it seems like he's really relished in being like, hey, I'm the. I'm the leader of this defense. Like, he really likes having that green dot. He likes being able to call plays when things break down. Um, and he seems confident. He's looked good uh, in training camp. And he, I think he's just he's going to establish himself this year. Like, okay, had a good second year. First year was kind of a wash. Now, all right, now, now establish yourself as a player. And I don't think we can – you know, we always have a, a, a habit of fans of, like, second-year player had a really good year. Well, now he's got to be, you know, amazing this year. I think McKinney – can grow into a, like a really good safety role, and I don't see any reason why he can't.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that. I wonder if he's going to get the C on a shirt. Um, I know, I know, Blake Martinez is still in town, but um, it, it just seems like eventually we will be working towards Xavier McKinney being the one that has the C on his chest. Which hey, does it mean anything? I don't know. I like to think it does. the 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 two different questions that I have about Xavier McKinney this year, and you kind of touched on it already with you know bracketing towards Aaron Robinson. Is Xavier McKinney going to be known for this year being a playmaker or a preventer? Like, is that what are we what are we going to end the year? And I and I hope that it's both. I hope that we are ending the year saying, you know, Xavier McKinney maybe not getting five interceptions, but maybe getting close to those ten passes deflected again if he's being asked to, you know, play guys in man coverage and you're making plays on the football there. He also dropped some interceptions last year too, which everybody on the Giants defense dropped interceptions if your name wasn't James Bradbury, um, so he could have had more than five. But um, a preventer. I was re-watching some clips from the Chicago game, and uh, Xavier McKinney was coming and helping Aaron um, Aaron Robinson on his side of the football field. Um, and if Xavier McKinney is going to be playing single high, I think that's inherently just a lot tougher. That, that is a lot tougher. I don't know how often uh, Wink Martindale is going to go two high safeties, but I think playing single high is going to be a lot tougher to just manage everything in front of you. And prevent the explosive play because Xavier McKinney was very, very good last year. The Giants were even better, believe it or not, than they were in 2020 at preventing the explosive play still at a top five rate in the league. And I think that's why the Giants just as a whole, they were keeping themselves in most of the games that they played last year just because their defenses weren't allowing big plays and Xavier McKinney is a huge part of it but that's when you're playing with those two high shells versus single high but uh so is Xavier McKinney we're gonna remember him as a playmaker or a preventer this year and I think either role is fine
0: and even last year like we couldn't get a pass rush but when we did run man coverage like we had James Bradbury and Adoria Jackson you know, so like I know Brad man coverage wasn't Bradbury's greatest strength, but he wasn't like you. It wasn't like you can't trust this guy in man coverage. He just wasn't as good as it as he was in zone. It's just going to be a different role for Xavier McKinney this year. Yeah. there's a lot more on his plate. The personnel is very different, and the scheme is essentially the opposite of what it was the last two years. So
1: yeah,
0: excited for him. Very interested to see uh, what his role is uh, on a week to week basis. I think there'll be a lot of different things he's doing. Um, so. Be a preventer and a playmaker, Xavier McKinney. You got anything Bones. else? No. That's All right, it. we appreciate you guys. We'll be back tomorrow with Saquon Barkley and Dame Bell or not Dame Cordell Flott. We appreciate you guys. We'll see you then. Until then, let's go, Big Blue.